podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a view from the bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 27th of February, 2018. My brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Jonathan. Um, my name's Patrick Smith. Well, uh, two tough games at the weekend, a hard fought win over Sheffield and then a precursor against Cardiff that, well, maybe we try to draw lessons and focus on the result. We'll come to those, no doubt, in a bit. We'll also be hearing from Andrew Dixon. We hope to be hearing from Adam Keefe and we'll be talking to Gaz Hughes of Ice Time TV because we are up for the cup. Well, but first of all, let me introduce the two gents that I normally speak to you over the course of the next hour or so. You've heard a lot about the beast from the east over the last few days. Let's talk to the real beast from the east. How are you, Mr. mid I'm not too bad, Paddy. That's a blast from the past there, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, but when it comes to snowfall, my other panellist, well, he's not into flake news. Are you, Mr. Kitchen? Not at all, mate. Not at all. Good. <laughs> um, we're going to get stuck into these games straight away because, obviously, between the two of them, there's plenty to talk about. On Saturday, the Belfast Giants took on the Sheffield Steelers at the SSE Arena and took their, what was it, their sixth win over the Sheffield Steelers this season, 2-1. Scoring was opened in the first period within, a, within about a minute and just we're well, just under a minute and a half from uh, Blair Riley. Uh, that was it was one one goal per period because in the second period the Sheffield Steelers levelled it up on the power play with Matt McQuant before Steve Saviano uh, with a bit of a controversial winner in the third period. Um, we'll come back to that because Paul Thompson had his own words to say about that game winner. But in goals, Irvin Mustakov's thirty eight shots, thirty six saves, and the other side Jackson Whistle thirty eight shots. 37 saves. Your referees were Tom Darnell and Andrew Dalton. Uh, one of your linesmen was Liv Anderson. Hi, Liv. They <laughs> but we'll start, Davey. These battles between both the Sheffield Steelers and the Belfast Giants have had it rough recently. This week alone, the Sheffield Steelers were, were stuffed at home 3 nothing by the Cardiff Devils. The Giants coming off last weekend with two embarrassing losses to the bottom two teams. So the Giants really had to find winning ways and they found it in this game. It's always good to get out to, I suppose, a quick start and, and a quick start. Well, then you can convert it into a goal and a, and a really pretty goal. A good first up pass from Lovely goal. from from Kevin Rain to to set. Um, I think Sylvester away, who then plays this sort of the one two with um, Blair Riley, who tucks it home at the back post to get us off to what what is your your ideal start? You know, you, you go a goal up very early at home and it it sets you up for the game. And what another one of these tactical sort of attritional masterclasses that we've had over a number of years against Sheffield. You know, some of the games that we play against each other, obviously, we could turn over, so 8-0, nothing or something by them. But, you know, we had a nil-nil against them a couple of seasons ago that was a real tactical masterclass. And I think Sunday or Saturday was about the same. You know, two really good hockey clubs going at each other. And, you know, it was intense. And it, it had just the right amount of physicality without boiling over. And, and you know, ultimately, we've came away with that. You know, you will come on. I haven't actually heard... Paul Thompson's comments on, on 
on Sabiano's goal for me, absolutely nothing wrong with the goal. He's pushed into the goaltender, so there's not a lot he can do. But you know, he doesn't break any rules. His, his own demon pushes him into the, the goaltender and will come away. And, and Sabiano's showing a clean part of his as well. Nice again, nice first up pass from um, John Kurtz. I'm not sure about Ferdy's involvement in that goal to be quite honest, but um, Saviano comes away and, and just absolutely strips the the demon for pace and. And manages to tuck it away and, and will come away and we're able to see the last sort of eight minutes of game. Sheffield pushed back really hard in that third period, but you know, we stood up to them well. Jackson Whistle had one of those games, really, really immense and, and nets for us on, on Saturday night. And you know, overall I thought the Belfast Giants were, were well worthy of the two points. Says so a attritional game, as Davey said. Well, I really enjoy it, Paddy. Um, you know, calling it for Giants T V and and um, you know, again the Giants they just looked as from the evening the warm up. Uh, you could see that they were up for it, and and um, we've struggled in the last couple of weeks in the, um, defensively. And I thought, you know, conceding one goal against Sheffield, who've been scoring goals for fun. That I think there was another seven or eight that got against Fife last weekend as well, or the next night. Yeah, and, and you know, so you know they're they're playing reasonably well, and and you know with our struggles and trying to keep it tight at the back end for that game itself was you know was definitely an improvement. The week of training leading up to it. Um, you know, Adam had them had the boys in every day, and and um, you know he's obviously working on on the back end, and and we'll come on to talk about Sunday in a few minutes, obviously. But uh, overall, I thought you know we really deserved the win. Uh, Jackson was excellent. I mean, he pulled off a number of really wonder saves, like um, and as, as Davey said there a few minutes ago about Saviano, you know, there's hundred percent agree with him. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You've got to give Saviano credit though, because. When he was skating down one on one with it was, it was actually Colton Fretter. Yep. Um, you know, so he recognized that and he recognized that he, you know, Colton Fretter's a forward. You just got to try and get, keep the legs moving, try and get around the outside of him, which he did. Um, and as Davey said, you know, Fretter pushed him into the bloody net and pushed him into the goalie. So great goal. Um, I think it was either Davey or yourself put the, um, the photograph of John Kurtz up celebrating, was it? Yeah. You know, Kurtz, he was well pleased off that goal as well, but he, <laughs> you know, Coming out of their own zone, breaking forward. Saviano, Kurtz and Ferland played very well all night. Um, and it's always good to beat the Steelers. David, you were asked about that comment in regards to Paul Thompson. He, he stated on the uh, on the Sheffield Steelers website that in no other league in the world would that goal be given. I, I can answer that short. He's wrong. Um, you, you obviously, you're always going to, you, you reflect on the goals you concede a lot harsher than the goals you score. You know, if they had scored that, no issue. It's it's not you know it's not a penalty. You can watch it back as many times as you want. Colton Fredder pushes. If you push a, a forward or or an opposition player into your goaltender, it's not goaltender interference. It doesn't. You can't push the goaltender's pads w- across the line in a you know in a whatever way you want to call it. If you are pushed into the goaltender, different matter altogether. That's a goal. He's that, wrong. That- you know, that comment coming from Tom was comical. Like, you know, many times as a Sheffield Steeler, run a goalie, uh, you know, just to basically try and get the puck coming into the net. And it's sort of, at that stage, the puck's just coming across a blue line. But uh, absolutely nothing wrong when he's talking out of his backside. Um, great goal by Saviano and, and as I say, well-deserved win. Last season, or last couple of seasons, we found it tough against the Sheffield Theatres. I, I struggled, you know, I think we, we, last two seasons we probably only took one winner. And this season, we've taken six. So that's a, that's a real turnaround and a real feather in, in Adam Keefe's cap. You know, the guys seem to be getting up for the big games, most of them. Um, 
How will come to that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, beating Sheffield at home. Um, you know, again this season itself, we was it was a seven and or sorry one and seven last year. Mm-hmm. You know, so to flip that on its back and and come in and and obviously you know beat them six times and yes we get you know embarrassed eight nil by them um, last month and and that would have been in the boys' minds as they went to the ice on Saturday night. That definitely would have been at the forefront of their minds. So you know they were embarrassed that night. They were they didn't put a performance in. Uh, they didn't support Jackson. Defensively, we're, it was probably our worst game of the season. Um, but that, that would have been that, as Adam's team talked, that would have been a massive part of it. Um, and as I say, coming out, you know, with a, getting a really good start and, um, you could see that Blair Riley was really, really up for that game itself. Um, I thought Gooley was outstanding. I really thought Gooley had a really good game. Um, and, uh, again, the lads just, I mean, when they got the opportunity, that they, um, they were up against a really good goalie as well, Mustakovs. Played very well, as, as did Jackson, as we've already said. So, you know, with only three goals being in the game, um, it, you knew it was always going to be tight. And, and uh, as I say, the uh, the the goal that was scored obviously wasn't the goal, according to Tomlin. Full of crap. <laughs> Davy, you know, of the games and of the series that we've played against them, that game on Saturday was probably the most disciplined. We have the ability to to sort of be as disciplined as we need to be, especially when we're short, you know, when we're being short bodies and we're missing the likes of Vandy and stuff. And, you know, it's it's extra critical that from our decors point of view that we're not taking penalties on our back end. I'm quickly looking here to see Jeff Mason taking a penalty and Spiro Gulagos taking a penalty. But, um, you know, discipline is key. Defence is key. And Simon said about it, the defensive performance. And I hark back to that um, Challenge Cup semi-final first leg against the Nottingham Panthers. Well, for me, that was almost a complete defensive performance. You know, OK, the Panthers have scored off a redirect. I think it's hit Gulley on the knee in the slot. Absolutely nothing can do. We have pretty much shut the Panthers out. And we pretty much shut down the Sheffield Steelers the other night as well. We let Jackson see the puck when we needed to. We laid down him with block shots when we needed to as well the other night. You know, we, we bought into team defence, we bought into the, 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 the top three having to come back and, and work going towards their own net as well, which has been lacking at times, especially the odd player here and there has, has cheated, uh, cheating their teammates there in big, big performances. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've needed everybody to buy into that team defence and we've got that. And this team is good enough that whenever we defend well and we, you know, we keep the other team out. We have goals in us. It's it's whenever we're you know loosey goosey the back and we're conceding four, five, six, seven. You're not going to win those games. So everything that we do good has to come has to be built on our goaltending and our defence. Our forwards will do the rest. The highlights of that game are available, of course, through Belfast Jazz TV. We have commentary from Mister Kitchen and Mister Garside. Let's move on to. Sunday's game where we went to a bit of a precursor to this Sunday's Challenge Cup final. We faced the Cardiff Devils at Ice Arena Wales. Somewhere there where this season has been a happy hunting ground, but unfortunately not last Sunday. The Belfast Giants went down 6-2 against the league leaders and it was the, it was the Cardiff Devils that opened the scoring in less than 30 seconds with Sean Bendevoglio fighting the back of the net before Matt Toe, about a minute and a half later, made it 1-1 at the end of the first. Into the second, and the scoring came one way. It was Justin Farina, Sean Bendevoglio again, 
and Patrick Aslin in the first 12 minutes of the second period before Colin Shields hit one back for the Giants. But that's where the Giants scoring ended. And into the third period, Joey Haddad and an empty netter from Matt Pope rounded off the scoring. In Nets, Jackson Whistle, 27 shots, 22 saves. And at the other side, Ben Bounds, 26 shots, 24 saves. Your referees were Mike Hicks and Dean Smith. Um, Simon, like I said, it has been a happy hunting ground, but Cardiff just had the jump. David was just finished talking about the Sheffield game and about blocking shots and about, you know, team defence. It was the opposite. Um, you know, I, I thought at stages of the game we played reasonably well. Uh, obviously, Davey was there, so he'd have a better view. But according to, from what I was watching on the webcast, um, I, I genuinely thought we at stages we really did play well. When we got the puck in their end and we were controlling it, you know, we, we looked dangerous. The problem with Cardiff is the most of their guys are six foot plus. They're big, big bodies. They collapse around Ben Bounds, who's six foot two or six foot three. So it's really difficult to get to the net. And if we're not moving our feet and our forwards here, you know, are very, very skillful, they could be all the skillful, you know, skillful moves the day going around the outside. You're not going to cause any uh, damage to Ben Bounds with, you know, 49 shots out of 50. Um, from shooting from a difficult angle. He's, he's playing really, really well with a lot of confidence. But if we don't work hard to get into the, right into that blue paint, then we're going to find it really, really difficult, especially this weekend coming. Uh, Sunday, I thought we'd give the puck away too easily. Um, you know, that, that first goal, um, right out the blue line, but 15 seconds before, I think it was Shed, he just didn't get to it and didn't, didn't manage to chip the puck out. He gets that out, you know, where it's a different... Um, obviously they don't get the first goal and, um, you know, then the toy give one away. Um, Rainer, if he, he, there was a shot that kind of was a, Haddad scored the big, the really good shot top corner. Um, yeah. But if, if Rainer is either got, get a get in that way or get out of the way for Jackson. So, you know, we simple mistakes, but calling those, you know, those moments of the game. When you're really trying to push and get back, we get we get back into the game really, really quickly. I thought we reacted really well after going one down within twenty or thirty seconds. But um, again, you know, if we keep on giving the puck away like that this weekend, we're going to get punished. Cardiff are a good team; they're sitting at the top of the league for a reason. Um, but I know we can do a lot better. We've already won in there twice this year, um, and I I'm, I feel that we can do it again. Um, and we're obviously going to have to if we want to get a trophy coming out this weekend. But um, for me, as I say, it was all about the turnovers, all about you know the, the giving the puck away, and it was disappointing. But I thought um, we really did look dangerous when we got the opportunity to move forward. Davey, you know, you worked your way there with a flask of hot water, but no tea bags, and worked your way <laughs> in the ice arena Wales to watch it from the, from the uh, from the gantry. What was your reflection on the performance of the Belfast Giants? A lot of what Simon has said is absolutely right there. I remember looking down once during um period would have been maybe the second period, with with the puck out about the left point and you're just looking across and they have five gigantic bodies and Ben Bounds. It's just like the only way to get in there is to work in there and we, we were very perimeter. You know, we were that's down to Card Devils keeping us out there. They're a very, very good team. Um I think the turning point for me, we, we took two penalties at the very end of the first period and we're, we're coming out at the start of the second on the 5-1-3. They've got a fresh sheet of ice. 
and they just used their their power play is good as we know their power play is run it's like over thirty percent for the season you know they're, yeah. they've been sensational and we killed off the five on three really well you know all the goals were even strength on Sunday night apart from you know that 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 second one that got is just as the the five on three expires and we haven't got ourselves back in the you know five on five position and then. And then they scored really quickly again. It sort of shell-shocked us. And all of a sudden, you're 3-1 down, noisy barn. Second game in two nights, all of a sudden, you seem like it seems like you've got a mountain to climb. Like, like positives to take out that game, I thought, were a really, really good third period. I didn't think we were... The first period was a brilliant game of hockey. The two best teams in the league slugging it out, going at each other, non-stop, physical shots, top, top drawer goal to them, both ends of the ice. Good, good defence, good offence from both teams. They get the goals and the starters, and they really took control of that second period. But we came back in third. You know, we roared back, and then we had a lot of puck possession, a lot of end zone possession in that third period. We just couldn't get that breakthrough. You know, Gillies came up with an absolutely smashing goal midway through the game and give us a little bit of hope. But you know, ultimately, that that fifth goal there's just knocked the stuffing out of us. Now we kept going at it, but at that stage, you know, five two down, less than ten minutes to go. Keepers rolled the dice. He had to actually use his his um, timeout. In the first period, we got caught on our really, really long shift. I think there's maybe about a minute to go in the first period, and he's taking his time out, quite rightly too, because the guys were absolutely on their on their knees at the time, and you know, so that didn't really allow him to do much towards the end of the game. He, I think, no point putting the pull Jackson whistle. I think with you know four or five minutes to go, but the the game was up at that stage. Or, and, oh, sorry, with about two minutes to go, and uh, they've they've came away and scored the empty netter. Positives to take from the performance, certainly, where, you know, you're down Darcy Murphy, you're down um, David Ruller, who's been playing well lately. We've talked about Vandy, Stephen Murphy, Garside out long term. You know, there's 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 not not excuses, but there's little reasons you can take. You know, Darcy Murphy's been sensational lately. David Rutherford's been really, really important for us, especially on the ex- with the extra man. That power play of ours just ain't clicking good enough at the minute. You know, we really, it's been streaky. It's been one of those that some weeks... You know, we're, we're getting three out of five. Some weeks we're getting none out of ten. And it's just one of those that I think the officials will have better nights. I thought the officials were really, really good on Saturday night. I thought they could have done better on Sunday night. Not so much what they called, what they didn't call. And uh, you, you have to look at the Blair-Riley incident where, you know, Pope has chased Conley for 100 feet. Yeah. You know, he's came up, he's held him, he's he's got his, his stick stuck between his legs, he won't let him go. Blur Riley eventually says, no, not you're not doing that with one line. My line mates comes in, the only person calls Blur Riley for the retaliation. It's one of those, they didn't cause the result, but they, they weren't a, a brilliant set of officials on the night. Uh, you know, I think that going to need strong officials this Sunday. It'll not surprise me who they are whenever I see who they are. But, you know, <laughs> um, we can't go into that lion's den where we're going to have maybe three, four, five hundred Jans fans this time around making a bit of noise, letting the team. It's not going to be a complete home fixture for the, the Cardiff Devils. We've been there with one. As, as Al, Adam Keith's interview finished on Sunday night, we've been here with one before. There's nothing to fear. Says, what are you? What what positives did you draw from it looking ahead to Sunday? Um, The penalty kill was excellent. You know, again, when you're going five on three for a minute and 47, it was, um, you know, and and even that penalty on... Marty? It was Marty cross-checking. You know, Mike Hicks is is taking a brain fart there. You know, yes, he's he's, he's giving him a shove, but not on a five on three. Like, I cannot make... We're back to to that that issue of a five on three. You need to take somebody's head off. 
again, when I my day, like it was definitely that case. Um, you know, I I can't remember. Apart from when we played um, in Scotland with Simpson refereeing, if it was up to him, he'd be playing five on zero. But does this, but does this not come down to like the old thing of you know if if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. You know, if it's a if, like when like in football, if you get pushed over in the box, but pushed over outside the box, it's a penalty's called or not? Is it not just the case that if it's a penalty, it's a penalty? Yeah, it is. But again, as Davies already said, you know, then why wasn't Matt Pope called for? True. You know, it basically it's interference. He's not like getting Conley back into the game. He's pushing up against the wall. You know, both referees are on the ice. two lines men there, and there's no call. So, you know, if you're going to call it, you've got to call it. And, you know, th- for us to come out of that show, do you know what? Conley should have got two minutes for interference in fairness. Yep. You know, to start that, Conley yeah. should have got two minutes for interference. Good hit. Sort of left his feet to hit him as well, which wasn't great. Um, and when in fairness, he's only about five foot three. But, you know, for, for him to basically throw out hit and poke the skate the whole way down there, um, chase him the whole way down the ice, it's 170 feet from where he could hit. Um, and for the only penalty to be called on that was Blair Riley. That's soft. I mean, it's really, really soft. Um, look, we all know Cardiff have a really good team. We all know that they're uh, sitting at the top of the table. Likelihood is they're going to win the championship. Um, but I honestly believe we can do it this weekend. I've said to Davey already earlier in the week. Um, you know, I genuinely believe that we can do it. If we come and we play our A game, we've already been to Cardiff this year without Jim Vandermeer. And I know we're missing him, absolutely missing him. We've already been there and we've won twice without him. So we can do it. We need to bring our A game. Our, our top players need to be scoring the top points. Mm-hmm. They need to turn up. Uh, defensively, we all need to click in. We all need to dial in itself. I mean, we obviously need a big game from Jackson, but I genuinely believe we can do it. We'll come back to that later in the show. If you want to get the highlights of this game against the Cardiff Devils, the guys from Ice Time TV on YouTube and at the Cardiff Devils website has all of that. So let's move on. And, uh, well, usually, Simon heads down to training to chat the, the, the head coach, Adam Keith, but we've actually got him on the line this week. How are you doing, coach? Not bad yourselves. Yeah, good, good. Let's start off by doing a quick reflection on last weekend, the, the victory over the Sheffield Steelers. We just spoke about it. They're a hard-fought, attritional victory over the Sheffield Steelers. And then, unfortunately, you know, we, we talked about how Cardiff has been a happy hunting ground for us in the earlier this season, but a, but a difficult loss there last Sunday. What was your take on the weekend as a whole? Um, I thought I thought uh, Saturday's game, like you just said, uh, was a hard-fought victory and a game that probably uh, could have went either way. There, I mean, it was a real close game down to the wire, and uh, you know we got we got uh, we ended up getting a go-ahead goal there late with a big drive to net by uh, Steve Saviano, and uh, you know that sometimes you got to get goals, but that. That way, when they're not coming to you very easily, you gotta drive in that hard and, and, you know, hope for the best. And, uh, you know, Sal, he picked up that, uh, big go-ahead goal for us. So, um, obviously the guy did well to, to kill off those late penalties as well to seal the game. So I thought there was a lot of positives on Saturday and I was really happy with the way that the guys bounced back from obviously the, the weekend of, uh, uh, of defeats the, the weekend prior. So, um, I was certainly happy with Saturday's effort. And then Sunday, uh, we started the game pretty slow, obviously. Uh, I think, you know, we were still on the bus and then, uh, we got back into it and I found, I thought we found our legs. And, uh, unfortunately we made too many mistakes and they scored on them and, and we didn't score on our scoring chances. And, um, 
you know, that's, that's, that's the hockey game right there. So, uh, I think we learned a lot of lessons, uh, for, for the week coming up here. And, um, I think that the scoreline didn't really indicate the game. Despite, you know, we've been down a few players, especially going into this weekend or sorry, the weekend past, but you had a full week of training there for the first time in a while. What effect did that have? I think it certainly had a positive effect. I think the guys were, you know, we had a really hard, tough practice on the Tuesday and, uh, and I think everybody understood that we needed that. We needed to, to blow all the, the, uh, rust, I suppose, and, and get ourselves back in the right frame of mind and, uh, and work on a few things and get ready for another big weekend. And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's important that we don't dwell on, uh, the week prior to, to that. And, uh, I was really happy to see that uh, we started the game strong in Sheffield and we kept pushing forward. Adam, I know you don't like to look ahead more than the third, the game coming up. And, you know, another important game against Milton Keynes on Saturday before you head over to Cardiff on Sunday morning. Um, Milton Keynes, you know, they've, they've, they've come into this league this year, unknown quantity. They went out with a, a victory a couple of weeks ago. Are the guys, obviously, have they got their total minds focused on Saturday before, the, obviously, the cup final, which, you know, any player would be thinking of at the back of their mind? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's right or possible to ask them to completely block out Sunday's game. I think that uh, we know full well what's at stake on Sunday um, and I'm sure uh, that will be in guys' minds going into the game on Saturday but uh, you know, we want to play the right way on Saturday and, and we want to make not make it any harder on ourselves than it, than it has to be and, and the way you do that is you play smart and you, and you play the right way and, and if we do that and I want to play that game as if it's a, a regular game and do the right things and practice good habits and um, you know at the end of the day you know, we're, we're we're one win out of three against Milton Keynes and that's not that's not good enough we want to split this season series here so um, it's a big game on Saturday for us and we can't look past that obviously um, it's a much bigger game on Sunday when nobody's 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 hiding that fact. Nobody's, uh, uh, you know, we're not, uh, we're not naive to it. Um, but, uh, make no mistake, we want to come in and we want to play the right way on Saturday and we want to get the win. Uh, and that, that'll be the, the focus going into this week is we approach this weekend like any other, um, do a job on Saturday get to Cardiff on Sunday right before the game and go in and win a dirty road game like we've like we've become accustomed to this season. And I think that that's the way we need to focus on it, you know, not put any more emphasis on it than it's another road game that we need to go in and we need to win. And we've had success in that building this season um, prior to Sunday. And uh, we, need to, we need to go and do that again. Coach, without... Um giving away, I suppose, a game plan. We, we kind of been talking about the Challenge Cup semi-final first leg in Nottingham there, where we kind of set up and we say, right, we're going to look after Jackson Whistle, we're going to really defend hard in our own end, and we'll just let our offence take care of itself. It's kind of got to be what we're going to do on Sunday night. You know, I thought the first 20 minutes against Cardiff on Sunday night, it was a really excellent game of hockey, and I thought the, the third 20 minutes, you know, we had a lot of domination in that third period without just getting in, in and around bounds enough and, and converting our scoring chances it's just going to be a case of looking after our own end and letting our offensive guys just come up with a bit more goods this week 
Well, yeah, I mean, we we certainly we should always be looking after our own end. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I expect it to be a hard fought game from both teams. Um, could go either way on the night, and I think uh, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes and the team that scores on their chances is going to take home the trophy. And and we obviously want to be that team, and we're confident that we can be that team. Uh, we would definitely want to take take uh, um, obviously uh, take care of Jackson and in front of Jackson and and make his night as easy as possible for him. And, and yeah, we got to score on our scoring chances. You know, we've uh, we've dried up offensively a bit here in, in the last few weeks, and, and we got to find our form. If, if, if there's one thing this team can do, is it score goals, and uh, we need to get back to doing that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly uh, be looking to to generate more offense, but at the same time, yeah, make it easier on Jackson and, and limit uh, Carter's scoring chances, and, and certainly get off to a better start than, than we did on Sunday. Coach, reaching a, a final in your rookie season as a, as a coach is, is a phenomenal achievement. I don't want to linger, don't want to linger too much on what happened the, the weekend before last, but one of the things that was palpable from the interviews that came is the fact that you took a lot of that, took a lot of blame on your own shoulders for, for how that went. But personally, I don't think you're being fair on yourself there, but what, when you've reflected back on that, what lessons have you taken from that, from, from the shortcomings? Um. I've been watching the games back, you know, I did think that we responded well on the Sunday, even though we lost. And I thought that Sunday against Milton Keynes, uh, we came out, we, we did respond well, but, but ultimately the special teams lost us the game. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that is, that is an area that, that I, I certainly need to improve on. There's lots, lots of areas that I need to improve on. So yeah, I'm going to be hard on myself and, uh, until I do get better at those, but I, I recognize it. And, um, you know, it, it does, we are a team here and, and we all maybe take accountability and, um, own up to, to some of our shortcomings in, in the recent weeks. And we need to get better. And obviously, obviously there's no uh, bigger challenge than this weekend to get better and, and come out, uh, uh, with a trophy. And I think that's, that's every team's goal going into the season is to win trophies. So we have an opportunity to do so. We need to put it all together on, on the night. And, uh, we've seen when we do that, that we're a team to, to be feared and, uh, we need to find it and, and bring it on Sunday. Adam, rookie season for you, cup final. You never got to win the, uh, challenge cup as a Belfast Giant player. What's it going to mean to you if you can if you can pull this off at the weekend? That's huge. I've always said, and I think even as a player, you know, I've done many of these interviews right here, uh, just like this, and I've always said this uh, Challenge Cup has always been one that's kind of eluded me and and this team here since I've been here, anyways, and um, it's a frustrating one. And you know, I'll tell you, maybe hopefully. Uh, the curse has come to an end now that I'm not a player. <laughs> so I certainly, I certainly won't be dressing myself. Adam, obviously, you know, the injury situation the past weekend, you were missing uh, David Rutherford and uh, Darcy Murphy. Is there any update on them for this weekend? Uh, they're still day to day at the moment. And, um, you know, we'll take another day to, to speak with the doctors and the physios and, and the players themselves. Um, 
and just reassess them daily. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at with, with our guys. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting the proper rest and, and the proper work rate that we need this week. And, and we'll see how we are fixed going into Saturday's game. Coach, well, that's a, you know, it's a big weekend for you, big weekend for the Belfast Giants. It all starts on Saturday against Milton Keynes Lightning, but we've always got an eye on that game on Sunday. Thanks very much for joining us. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're all coming out of this weekend smiling. It's time once again for the A View from the Bridge Player of the Month Award, this time for the month of February. We asked you on Twitter for your nominations and the four names who have made the short list for this month's award are Number 6, Spiro Galakos Number 12, Steve Saviano Number 22, Kevin Rain And number 24, Jonathan Ferland Voting is now open at AVFTB on Twitter or twitter.com forward slash AVFTB. You can also get us on our Facebook group. Just search for A View From The Bridge. Voting will remain open until Friday at 5pm, at which point we will take the winner and present them with the A View From The Bridge Player of the Month award. So cast your vote. And we'll hand that award over at the next home game. And thanks to Funacab for sponsoring the award. Yep, Jonathan Ferland, Kevin Rain, Steve Saviano and Spiro Galakos are your four nominees for February's Player of the Month sponsored by Phonocab. Davey, who are you voting for? Oh, Paddy, I'll... Do I have to nail my colours the mast and go for one? That's what I have to do on a vote. Yeah, um, John, Jonathan, Jonathan, for I've got multiple Twitter accounts. I'll, I'll give everybody a <laughs> give everybody one each. Um, John Ferland, you know, I think he's had he's been pretty consistent all season in terms of, you know, hit. He's been a hit machine. He, you know, he, he leads the team and hits by. A, you know, he's, he's he brings that four check. He's he's happy going on the back check as well. He, he produced some fantastic assists and uh, you know. He can do a wee bit of everything. Or he's got he's got size. He's good in the face-off circle. He's he's done really really well this season. He's had a pretty good month. Honorable mention to Kevin Rain, but uh, for me, um, this month my vote will go to Big Furley. Monsieur Kitchen. Uh, I do. I mean, as Davey says, there you know I'd like to vote for two, but um, <laughs> you know Furley's been great. But I I just think Gurley's been outstanding this month. You know he's he's kept his discipline. Um, you know, we can see how good a player he is when he when you know, when he stays out of the penalty box and, and stays disciplined. Um I thought he was you know, he, he was a mere really good shout last month as well. Um and I, I do again I, I, as Dicko uh, I had a chat with him earlier on, you know, he was saying he thought he was brilliant on Sunday. So for me it's uh yeah, it's it's really I think it's been a really, it's a really tough one to choose from this month. You know, like you say, Gurley was superb, probably brilliant on Sunday against Cardiff. He's been great all, all month long. Steve Saviano, you just have to look at that goal against the Sheffield Steelers to show the commitment that that guy's shown. Kevin Rain, stand-up D-man, absolutely brilliant, but I've got to go for Ferland because I think, you know, he's, as Dave said, he's hitting everything that moves. He's, he's shown a, a real leadership out there, especially when things have been going haven't been going well over over a number of games. So you have Jonathan Fernand. But if you want to cast your vote at AVFTB 
on Twitter. That'll be open until Friday to cast your vote in the February Player of the Month. And thanks again to Phonacab for sponsoring that award. Gents, let's look around the league and I'll start off by firing up the Dops jingle. Two lads subject to supplementary discipline from Dops. Uh, Jan Sauvey of the Nottingham Panthers has been suspended for two games for boarding against the Five Flyers, while Shane Backer has been also been suspended for two games, but this is for a hit against Craig of the Guildford Flames. Uh, Simon, have you seen either of these? Same both of them, Paddy. Yeah. Um, uh, the Sauvey hit, um, sure. I thought was worth more than... Uh, do you know what? I, I feel the easiest thing for Dobbs to do at the minute is just to get two game bans. Um, I, I thought it was worth more than two to be honest you know he's he's probably four feet out from the barrier um, he's hit him straight in the numbers uh, bad bad hit um, and I think he deserved more than two with regards to the uh, Shane Baker one it's he, he, he's charged into the boards to hit him he's hit him high um, heads uh, as, as the Jesse Craigie hits yes um, Jesse Craig's head hits off the barrier, maybe caught at the top of the dashboard on the way down, and and um, you know I, I, I don't know if he finished the game. I've, I've no idea, but uh, um, I, I thought that deserved more than two as well. But you know, uh, Dops is Dops, and um, those two teams will miss those guys for the next. Well, obviously this weekend. David, have you seen them? Yeah, I think the the Jan Sauvé one is. Like Simon says, he kind of half cross checks him under the under the boards. It's uh, it's it's one of those. I don't think he, he's meaning to cause any serious injury, but he has to be responsible. He gets the players right in the numbers, you know, three four feet from the boards, head first. It, it's it would almost make me a little cynical about the the Dobbs decision, <laughs> so it would. But uh, you know, I think he's going to have to take his medicine there going to be a repeat offender they're going to be looking for that you know going forward with them he, he can't be you can't be doing that the other one i haven't seen so i can't really comment on no problem the um let's move ahead i want to have a quick chat because the top three in the league are of course the cardiff devils top on 75 points the manchester storm on 65 points and ourselves on 62 points all on 48 games but the manchester storm have just well, had a 10 game winning streak broken by the Guildford Flames, that uh, a winning streak that has rocketed them to that second place, three points ahead of ourselves, Simon. And uh, for the Storm, especially the changes that have taken place this season, that's a that ten game winning streak is a phenomenal one for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, beating um, more or less, I think it's every team in the league. You know, more or less bar one. Um, you know, they lost to beat Cardiff, beat Sheffield, Manchester, Nottingham. Sorry, um, you know, losing in Guildford. It's nothing to be ashamed about because they beat us um, and they beat Cardiff down there as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're on a good run of form. Uh, obviously, they'll be disappointed with the result on Sunday to Guildford. Um, but, uh, you know, Paddy, their, their top line is, uh, you know, when they get going, it's, it's top, top quality. They're very good in their own building. You know, they've got, uh, you know, the big bodies and a small rank and, and there's not much space out there. So, you know, they come into Belfast, 
give us a lesson. Um, we didn't turn up, and uh, it was disappointing. But um, you know, they deserve to be where they are because you know, ten games uh, on a streak is is no mean feat, like. David, they've turned that, that, that drizzle dome into a frustrating place to go that Cardiff saw just, a, just uh, at the weekend there. Yeah, they're, they're built for that small rink. They get good goaltending. They get good goaltending. They've surprised me. I've, I've kind of been writing them off all season. Yeah. Certainly said they weren't going to win the league. And I think I, I'm going to be able to stand by that. I think Cardiff Devils have the, the league kind of sewn up at this point. I don't think they'll throw away a 10, 10 point lead, to be quite honest with you. And a bit like Fife. You know, they've been dominant in their own, um, in that patent conference, which gives them a good boost of points. I think they've 31 points from, from 20 games or something in that conference. So, you know, their other 28 games have a similar number of points. So it, uh, it shows the advantage of, of those slightly. If you can dominate your conference, it, it definitely gives you a big, big help in hand. Whereas the, you know, the Devils, the Giants, the Steelers, and who's just, who's the other team in our conference? Panthers. So it's happened to look down the league to try and find them there. Um, <laughs> so to go down, I had to scroll down a wee bit. Sorry, Panthers fans. Um, scroll down to page two. And, um, <laughs> you know, that there's such parity in that conference that the, the, the advantage you have to beat those other conference teams so it, it's it's you know credit the card of devils even more that they're they're sitting 10 points clear to the top of the league but yes finnerty has done certainly in the last 10 games to go 10 and 0 in this league against and playing virtually all the other teams in the leagues is quite sensational but we and just continue just continue to look at this league table davy the five flyers have four games in hand on us and are only two points behind yeah, the, the, the shake-up for, um, for Liga, they, they would, I can't remember now what's happening with the, with the, the, um, it's, conference it's, winners, it's what, whether it's they're what, being seeded or not. No, they're not. It's one, the one through it. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the, uh, the playoff positions could be interesting as the, you know, we go four, we'd play five. If it goes the way it goes and you imagine this, the, the, the Panther or the Flyers would take us over, we'd finish fourth, we'd end up with the Steelers <laughs> in the playoffs. And I think those positions will all jiggle around a wee bit still over the next coming weeks. Coventry players obviously coming up on the rails there to, um, with a few good results, seeing Jordan Peterson, um, on Twitter saying, you know, the boys are really starting to dig in there and, you know, they could overtake the clan handy enough and, uh, See the see the Brayhead clan on the outside looking in. So there's still a lot to be played for at um, well, really at both ends of the table. People jockeying for for playoff positions. Well, it really is the case. Uh, Says so that you look down at that. The Brayhead clan are on forty three points from forty eight games. Coventry Blazer on forty three points from forty eight games. It's a real battle there. That Dundee are even still part of. Yeah, I mean Dundee were beat the weekend by um, uh, Brayhead, which you know I know. I should be disappointed with, but I'd still like to see Dundee try and get that eighth space. Um, you know, we're we're all very fond of passion. He's done a great job up there. Um, I've no love for Brayhead or Coventry, so um, I'd like to see Dundee try and slot in there. But it, they're up against it. You know, they've got to play some big games, and I, I think we've got a game against them as well. I think we've still got to play them once. Yes. Um, in Belfast, and and uh, you know, it's it's. <laughs> It's a battle at the, the you know for that last playoff place, and uh, Davies touched on if, if we do finish fourth and, and play Sheffield in the quarterfinals of the playoffs, it's um that's a tough tough ask. But you know we've, we've got a good record against them so far this season. I think it is if you finish third, you get as it sits right now, you get Nottingham. You get is that right? You get Guildford. You, you know I would, I would definitely take Guildford. A hundred percent, I would take Guildford. Um, but the Sheffield and Nottingham, I don't particularly want to get them in the quarterfinals. 
Right, let's look ahead to this weekend, boys. Uh, Milton Keynes on Saturday and then that big game against Cardiff in the Challenge Cup on Sunday. First of all, Milton Keynes who come in having taken the win in their previous visit against the Belfast Giants, come back into the SSE Arena on Saturday night, says, and it's one the Belfast Giants will want to avenge. Yeah, absolutely, Paddy. You know, it's, um, you know, losing that game there a couple of weeks, well, yeah, two weekends ago, um, you know, would have hurt the lads. You know, obviously getting beat the night before against um, Edinburgh. But uh, to be honest, if, if all the lads had their minds on Sunday and they're focusing on Sunday, yes, they'll want to get a positive result on Saturday leading into, you know, a cup final. But, um, you know, I think it'll be a difficult game on Saturday. Um, I do think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Adam rests Jackson um, and plays Chris Trill. Or I maybe... have big blood right here. Sorry. Sorry. Welcome to the show. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if, he's, if he has planned to play Chris Trill or, or he might play Jackson. I really don't know. But, um, you know, going into the... The, uh, the Sunday games, it's, it's, you know, that's the most important game for us this weekend, in all honesty. Well, in my opinion. But, um, you know, you certainly like to try and get a, um, a positive result going into the game. But, you know, they, they've, they've some good players. That top line of theirs led by Chris King, their captain. You know, he's a good, or sorry, Kevin King. Kevin King. Uh, you know, he's, he's quality. He is a real top player. On their back end, they've got, um, you know, I like Paul Phillips and think he's really added to their, um, you know, their, their strength in the back end this year. Um, and then, you know, they're getting good goaltend as well. You know, Patchell played well against us last week. Did they go with him or did they go with Mika Vickman? You know, so it's, um, it's going to be a tough, tough game. We'll have to just be prepared for it. And if, if we, if we prepare properly, then, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take the win. But again, for me, Sunday, that's, that's the big one. That's a Saturday 7 p.m. Milton Keynes. Davey, how much focus is on this game, really? Uh, it's it's one of those party you have to be as professional as you can be I, I think Simon's right I think there'll be maybe a few boys rested truly and maybe come in the net just so Jackson's absolutely fresh for, for Sunday night which is you know I don't think it's condescending to anybody to say you've got a cup final on Sunday and you're going to have a difficult travel day you probably rest your your what you would say at the minute is your number one goaltender truly's done really well for us and, and certainly deserves some ice time as well for, for everything that he puts in just the rest of the weeks and it's it's you know Milton Keynes. They're still probably believing they can get that eighth slot, so they'll be looking the two points here. They're well coached. They've got as Sam said, their top lines really firing all cylinders, and they've got good goaltends. They're they're going to be no mugs. They're going to be no pushover. And we've seen over the last number of weekends, you know, like we've came unstuck against these teams, and and we have to be better. But the focus is going to be, and I don't really even want to talk about Sunday all that much. I'm a bit nervous about it. I hate this part of the show as it is. <laughs> you know, Sunday is going to be a difficult travel day. We have to try our very best and not come off, not come out leggy. We cannot afford first, second, third shift mishaps. We have to be solid for that first 20 minutes of this game and get ourselves into it. Be in a position to still be in the game when when the the, the the whistle goes again for the start of that second period and, and really go at the Cardiff Devils and, and put it to them in their own bar. We've won, it, won in there before, and as I said earlier in the show, I don't think we've anything to fear. We're as good a team as them 5-on-5. Five five. Discipline's going to be key. Defence is going to be key. Goaltend's going to be key. And then if we get those three things right, people buy into the process. Our, goal, our, our guys that get goals will get goals. Yep, that game is on the Challenge Cup Finals on Sunday at 6pm in Ice Arena Wales against the Cardiff Devils. I did get a chance earlier on to chat with one of the commentators who will be commentating on that game, a good friend of ours here on the show, and that is Ice Time TV's Gareth Hughes. Mr Hughes, how are you? 
I'm very well, Paddy. How are you? Uh, well, I'm doing all right. I've, I've got a bit of optimism, mate. The uh, it, Cardiff Devils, you know, if, if you just look at your uh, at your normal Twitter account and you see hashtag repeat, um, <laughs> did you expect it to be so much of a, a what's the word, a march to the title? Um, it didn't look that way at the beginning of the year, Paddy, to be honest. I think we had a bit of a disjointed start. Um, and we got, you know, we had a couple of noticeable big losses. Um, Manchester turned us over at home. Um, and it was starting to look like it was, I think it maybe took people by surprise that it had been a long time since we had to play as champions. Mm-hmm. And we had a big bullseye on, on our back. And, I think everyone had to try and get used to that. And I think that was a team included. Um, and it wasn't until we lost you <laughs> yeah. um, around November time, that um, that last second goal, it came off Richardson's stick and we went on to lose on uh, in the overtime period. And after that game, it all seemed to, it all seemed to take shape and the lines were juggled around and, Lane Elmer in particular really kicked on and we haven't really looked back. Um, and since Christmas, we've taken on all the big games and we've seen them through. Um, I, I honestly thought we'd have less of a lead at this point, even with our good form. Um, but I'm certainly happy we turned that corner and I guess we have to thank you guys for it. <laughs> after that game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's surprising to be as ahead as we are, but. I guess with the way we've been the last few years, I'm not surprised that we're in the mix. What has been the key this season for the success of the Cardiff Devils? Uh, you know, I'm 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 just looking at your side here, and especially on D, you've got a lot of size, a lot of a lot of weight, and some big guys back there. Um, well, I, I guess something I didn't mention in that in that last bit there is um, we brought Tyson Strachan in, mm-hmm. and to pick up a guy like that. When we already had a, a full complement of imports, um, if we didn't have injuries or suspensions at the time, he was just a guy who we identified would make us better. And he's brought a calmness. And I think more crucially, he's given Andrew Hotham less ice time. So I think this a lot of times at this time of year in the last three years, Andrew Hotham has played so much hockey <laughs> that yeah. the poor guy, um, you know, it's got to affect him. You know, no one's Superman. Um, but since Tyson Stratton come in, if we're down in the last 10 minutes of a game, Andrew Hawthorne's ice time increases. If we're ahead in the last 10 minutes of the game, Tyson Stratton's, um ice time increases. So he's been a real luxury. Um, I think he's made Bryce Reddick better um, around him. I just think, he, like I say, he's given that leadership and calmness at the back. Um, and it just gives us depth. We've got wonderful depth. Um, if you were to put Justin Farina in, a handful of different teams, he'd be their first line go to guy. Um with us, he, he's on what I guess you would call the third line. And he's just given us extra scoring, extra grit, extra everything uh there. So we've got wonderful depth, wonderful leadership. Um Lane Elmer I mentioned earlier as well. He kicks in this time of year um big time. He scores big goals, big makes big plays. Um and I and I think crucially Everyone buys into what Andrew Lord does. Um, it's based on standards. You have to hit those standards. Um, if you don't, then, 
you know, you, you're not going to get the rewards, but everyone does buy in and they hit those standards and the consistency of hitting those standards of what's got us where we are right now. It's interesting. You you mentioned Justin Freeney because it was a name I have down on my sheet here is the fact that, like you say, at Dundee the last two seasons, he's been a point of game player with, with relatively high, yeah, not really, but moderate uh, penalty minutes. At Cardiff, okay, he's not getting the points production, but he's certainly playing a top role for them. Um, I, yeah, he's maybe not hitting the, the same amount of points at Dundee, but I think he's right up the top of the standard of game-winning goals mm-hmm. for us. Um, and I think when you, you think of how many points that is, <laughs> um, you know, that signing's paid for itself right there. But he's been wonderful for us. He's taken on big fights when he's needed to. He scored big goals when he's needed to. And he's really grown into a Cardiff Devils jersey as the season's rolled on. Um, and I can imagine that shirt auction at the end of the year. Justin Farina's price tag will be pretty high. <laughs> I guess. What about uh, Andrew Lord's development as a coach? This is his fourth season as a player coach at, at Cardiff, and they like say it's more li- more than likely probably would be his, his, his second league title. His development as a player coach coming through has been phenomenal. It really has. It really has, and we're we're incredibly lucky um, to, to have him, and, and we're incredibly lucky that we've. Um, had the, the resources and time to support him um, and, and take it through. Um, he hasn't released a player in the, in the entire time he's been here, which is remarkable when you think about mm. it, uh, the turnover of players he can get in this league. Um, I think that shows the players respond to him. Um, and I also think it shows that he takes time um, to improve players. I mean, Joey Martin is regarded as one of the best players in the league. But... He's improved under his time under Andrew Lord. Um, and I think that, that that's a big testament um, as well. It's been a little bit of an adjustment this year. A lot of people were nervous when Lord stopped playing around November time. I think there was this thought that he was a player on the ice that we didn't have a replacement for. Mm-hmm. I think that Justin Farina and Matt Pope have proved that wrong because I think they've, between them, filled all the qualities that Andrew Lord brought. And that's allowed Lord to, to grow even more as a coach on the bench. Uh, Todd Kelman was talking about it in the Q&A a couple of days ago, that now he's able to make those adjustments in-game that he wasn't able to make until the period breaks when he was playing. And I, the only problem is I think one day we'll have to lose him <laughs> to somewhere bigger and better. And I, I don't want that day to come if it was was me i'd give him the life of contract right now and try and get him to have some sort of dynasty clause in it or something to and he's not allowed to leave until we've won more trophies than anyone else um but i just think that we've got to enjoy him while he's here that's the important thing sometimes you don't realize what you got till it's gone i hope he does stay for a few more years but we really have to enjoy it now because as the fan base know better than anyone else these times don't always last forever um we hope they will continue to last the next few years. But, yeah, that's definitely my message. Enjoy Andrew Lord and what he's bringing to the Devils right now. Uh, um, of course, you've got some great uh, British players in there. Obviously, well, one-on-one, obviously, we've got Ben Barnes, likes to, people who talk a lot about likes of what he does for you. But one person I want to focus on is a guy who seems to have been a permanent fixture at Cardiff for a long time. Okay, he's flirted with the Nottingham Panthers and Basingstoke briefly. But, uh, but Mark Richardson has been a great servant to the club. 
his testimonial year. And mm-hmm. if you ask uh, my friend John Donovan, he will tell you that Mark Richardson has another 10 years left to play. <laughs> the devil shit chasing down uh, Jason Stone's appearance record, which I think stands at about 10,561 games <laughs> when he finally hung up the skates. Um, Richie's uh, underrated because he doesn't make mistakes, so people don't notice him on the ice as, as much as they should. Uh, I've been really lucky to, to do the job for the club that I've been doing where I guess you have to notice players like that a little more. Um, I'm just so pleased for Richie over everyone else last year when we finally won that league title because he had been in teams that come dangerously close to doing it. Um, and he had also been with us when we hit rock bottom and he was one of the only guys that day who were, who had pretty much seen all the bad times, uh, that the elite league era had to offer us. Um, and he got his just rewards. Um, and he hasn't really um, looked back since. Him and Hotham are the pairing that will never, ever be broken up until <laughs> one of them leaves or they've got injuries or suspensions. I can't say enough good about Mark Richardson. And if we are to uh, win the game on Sunday, then Mark Richardson will be a big part of the reason why. Let's look to that game on Sunday. Obviously, this is the Challenge Cup final. It's at Ice Arena, Wales. It's, you know, it's, was this your third or fourth in a row Challenge Cup finals? How many has it been now? Uh, this will be our fourth in a row. Fourth in a row. Um, win, win, winning. Yeah, one, two, last one. Yeah. The, uh, Belfast Giants reaching the first one since they were defeated by the Nottingham Panthers. Which was sickening when I think back to it, <laughs> um, and and a, and, a tro- and a trophy they haven't won since 2010. The, the battles between the two sides. Okay, we, we, there was the game on Sunday just past, which was a thumping win for the Cardiff Devils. But outside of that, the battles between these two teams have been pretty tight all season long. The double header that took place in Belfast showing that you know the, the six points thrown out over the course of the weekend. You know, it's this is the potential to be should the Belfast Giants try to find that form, but this should has the potential to be a great game. Oh, it'll be fantastic. Um, when you've got the two best, you know, they've been one and two pretty much since the start of the season between them. Um, so that that alone, I think, shows that they are the two best teams in the league. They probably enjoy playing in each other's rinks more than they enjoy yeah, playing in their own against yeah. Uh, season, which is a bit strange, but I again, I think that adds to the occasion on Sunday because there should be absolutely no fear from the Belfast Giants coming in twice Arena Wales to play. They've won there twice. Um, they're <laughs> certainly no stranger to adversity on the road after the December that they've had. And you know, they don't call you the road warriors for nothing. <laughs> um, and I think that's a point that needs to really be drummed home. Um, you are the home team. Technically, you will have last change um, <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, which I know, well, you know, I, I know, I know. When, when, when your fans are outnumbered, not. when your fans are outnumbered ten to one, and you're in, you're in <laughs> Ice Arena, Wales. I think the, uh, I think the semantics of that can be disregarded. <laughs> I've got to try. I've got to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it will be fantastic, and I, yeah. I believe there's around three hundred Giants fans making yeah, the trip so. over. Um, which, you know, they, I think 10 Giants fans would be loud enough on their own, but 300 in Ice Arena Wales, they're going to make themselves heard and there'll be plenty of colour and, and, you know, plenty of, uh, 
frivolity going on in the in the Giants end, <laughs> I'm sure. Um it's just gonna be a fantastic um a fantastic day for the league and um I I wouldn't want to put a bet on it um as to what's gonna happen. I think it'll be a lot closer than last year's final where the Devils really stamped their dominance on on the Steelers and after the Steelers went ahead it was all one way traffic and Mr. Cove has almost had to be sort of dragged off the ice. The guy was so tired. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that. Uh, we're going to see a bit of a seesaw game, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if it has to be decided after the 60. Before we talk about the last, well, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, the key battles on the ice coming into this final. But you mentioned the Steelers there, and of course, you qualified for this final after phenomenal second leg against the Steelers. Did you see that coming? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I thought, again, we may have taken it to overtime. I thought, in my head, I thought we could probably sneak a late goal mm-hmm. to try and break their spirit. Um, but I, I just, I've not seen a team not respond um, to any situation in the game like I saw Sheffield that night. Um, it was just a wave of belief from from everyone I spoke to in that in that game leading up. They believed we were going to do it. From you know the security guards I went in to everyone on the gantry, <laughs> just every single person that I spoke to believed we were going to do it. And there was a brilliant video that got us all geared up. Paul Sullivan put that on at the beginning of the game, and it just it sort of ignited everyone's belief into this atmosphere that was created, and it's by far the best atmosphere I've heard for a Cardiff Devils home game uh, at that arena. Um, beyond my my wildest expectations uh, that game, but I just think it it showed a, a lot about where those two clubs are this season, um, and I think it again it's just that mindset of of the Cardiff Devils as an organisation as a club, people just have belief in, in what Andrew Lord has put forward, and it, it was. Some in a sea, some in a sea, No doubt, no doubt about that. So, just finally, let's look at the game again. The key battles on the ice, obviously, we've two top British netminders on either side, with Jackson Whistle most likely to start for the Belfast Giants, Ben Bounds most likely to start for the for the uh, for the Cardiff Devils. But what else? Where else on the ice do you see the real battles taking place? Who do you think are the key players in this matchup? Um, I love Galakos. I know a lot of Devils fans will be screaming at their headphones <laughs> at the moment. Um, don't believe the, don't believe editor. the fake news, mate. He's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I love him as a player, and oh, this past Sunday he must have played pretty much every other shift. He played every penalty kill and every power play. It seemed, and, and he still looked like he could influence the game, even going um, deep into it. So I think you've got Galakos against Hotham in terms mm-hmm. of those influential players from the back who are going to look after their own house first, but especially on the power play, they're going to be the conductors um, and they're going to be the ones who are looking to get that goal or make that killer pass. Um, so I really, really like um, that battle there. Um, looking forward, I really, really like Sebastian Silvestre. I think that he has got a lovely combination of tenacity um I guess if you're looking for another sporting analogy, you've got that sort of Craig Bellamy about him, yeah. where if you took that <laughs> that hot-headedness away, you wouldn't get the player that he is. But it's just someone who we've seen in so many games this year. Um, he can step up in those last few minutes and take the game by the scruff of the neck and get to that puck first and have that competitiveness, have that main streak um, to move forward. So 
I think it's kind of him and a, and a Joey Mar or maybe maybe more a Joey at Dad um, type comparison with Sylvester because uh, I really uh, no I, I rate Joey at Dad so highly as well. Um, he's probably the best puck protecting forward mm-hmm. um, there is in the league. Sometimes if he if he's on, you really really can't um, can't get that puck off of him. So he's going to be a key, especially if the Devils are ahead and they need that bit of time in the offensive zone because the Giants will press um, just to relieve that pressure. He's got so many key moments. Um, and then you're looking sort of Colin Shields, Talisman, you know, one of the all-time leading scorers at the Belfast Giants. Um, he's someone who, who can get big goals. And I don't think you can look past because it's the Challenge Cup, Matthew Myers, who of I'm course. pretty sure has won <laughs> so many Challenge Cups across two uh, two clubs now. That, uh, are, we odd, are, we, are we in an odd-numbered year or an even-numbered year? Is he with the Panthers or with you guys? <laughs> I have to make sure. Um, they're going to have to rename the Challenge Cup if he wins it again this year. I think. <laughs> uh, they're going to do something to honour really. But I'm just really excited, Paddy. I'm... I'm Blessed that I'll, I'll be able to get to uh, to call it. Um, well, I was going to say, is it uh, you guys? You guys, man, you're behind the mic on Sunday for those of us who, unlike, unfortunately, like myself, can't make it down there on the on the for the for the game. He broke my heart when I found out you were yeah. going to be <laughs> I know, I know, mate, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Iceland TV will have it, and there'll be information uh, going up tomorrow about uh, when you can buy it, what the pricing will be, etc. Um, so everyone keep an eye out on your respective websites. I'm sure there'll be lots and lots of Giants fans who uh, unfortunately can't make the trip um, at the short notice that they had. So um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of viewing parties. I'm sure they'll faster uh, shut down for the day to, to watch it. Um, so yeah, details of that will be will be coming out uh, tomorrow. So keep an eye out on the on the website for that. And uh, yeah, like I said, very very lucky that we will get to be involved in that day because it's going to be a cracker. And I promise, I know I've spoken a lot about us and we, but uh, Sunday, <laughs> the broadcast, I, I will be completely neutral. You know, we're doing our, our research about it, everything. And uh, if a Belfast Giants score, probably, I promise you have my words, I will scream as loudly as if they can't I wouldn't expect anything else. This is going to be an absolute cracker <laughs> this Sunday. Uh, thanks for joining us. Always great to have you on. Thank you very much, Paddy. Hope to speak to you soon. Time for the fan agenda, brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. It's another special one. Joining us on the line is none other than Andrew Dixon. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, since it's, uh, decided I'm going to do the podcast now as well, now that I'm stealing his job in Giants TV, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> He's just trying to turn you into a media darling like himself, mate. I'll, I'll do this up. What he said was, um, you know, he, he was to come on the podcast and uh, that he was looking to take me over for me from the webcast. Carry on. Thank, yeah, thank that's you. the Belfast way to say it, but yeah, yeah go ahead. Is this, is this going to be all the way through, he says? The, um, Dicko, listen, it's the season you, for the, you're okay, mate. Dicko, yes. The, the season, this season for the Bel, this season for the Belfast Giants and for yourself, you know, the, you haven't had maybe as much opportunity as, as obviously you like, but you're there, you know, working with the team day in, day out. What's your thoughts on the team? Uh, the team's good. Um, obviously, uh, with Kiefer coming in as a coach, we sort of, I think we, we tried to go a little bit younger. We brought in some younger guys. Obviously, West is young, but we brought in like Sly and we brought in Rainer and I tried to bring some guys and, and hopefully, you know, well, I think we do, you know, who love the city and want to play for the city and, uh, 
and then we've, we've covered all the other areas because we had a big turnover. I know we have a big turnover every couple of years, and that's just the way hockey goes, especially with our schools program. Guys guys come and go after that. So I think the team we've built has been pretty good. Um, uh, maybe a, a little bit undisciplined at times. Um, and uh, I don't know, that's just a number of reasons. You know, people, people get fired up, but it kind of shows that they're passionate as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be honest, we're, we're, we're up there in the league. Uh, it's going ridiculously hard to catch Cardiff, not almost really impossible if I'm speaking my mind. But, you know, we're in a cup final and we're, we're fighting for a good playoff seed. So, I mean, it's not all dire straits. You know, we had a, a couple of uh, bad results there for, for a while and, uh, you know, losing to Edinburgh at home, losing the Mountain Kings at home back to back and, and the mid drop. But I think that the boys responded well. They came out and we played Sheffield. And although the score in, in Cardiff doesn't, you know, flatter us, we, we had a couple of injuries and, and you know, we played the night before. And so, I mean, I think the team is good. I mean, we're progressing. I think we're going the right way. Dicko, you've, you know, you've played in Belfast a long time now. And, and the, you know, the majority of those games, you've been uh, uh, alongside your best mate, Stephen Murphy. Um, you know, yeah. Chris Trill and obviously Jackson coming in and, and, West, sorry, and Murph missing out this year. Is there a good camaraderie between the goaltenders again this year, as there always is? Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm just lucky or if it's uh, like a personality thing, but I've got on with every goalie that I've ever played with, um, especially here in Belfast. we got Truzy coming in, and Truzy's in a tough spot because he wants to play. There's no doubt about it, he wants to play every game, um, but he, he gets it. Like, Wiss has been playing lights out for us pretty much all season, um, which we knew would happen if he got healthy. It was just a question of getting him healthy last year. Um, which unfortunately last year didn't happen. Um, and then with Murph going down, Wiss has really stepped up. Um, but, I mean, Truzy, whatever he's played, he's, I mean, we had that result against Edinburgh where he was in he was devastated after, he didn't even want, he didn't want to talk after, and that just shows you how much it means to him, and he's only been here a number of months. But we're all, we're all buddies, we're all working together. Um, obviously, there's three of us practicing regularly every day. Murph's back on the ice, by the way, but he's not taking shots just yet. He took a few today. Um, so we've got, Cruise in one net with another, um, and they both they're happy. They, they switch me in and out, and I get my shots in practice. And you know they're they're happy to give me those. Whereas some goalies maybe aren't. You know in other organisations they, they don't get if they're a third goalie, they don't get those shots. Deco, you know I was up at practice there just it was around Christmas time, and I heard you talking about it on the um, on your fantastic performance on Giants Live TV. By the way, you were talking about taking some slap shots and. Uh, a slightly errant one from I think it was Gooley. Maybe caught you, oh, right. caught you in the mask, and uh, you came round in the loving arms of Colin Shields. Is it? Is it <laughs> one of those? You know, one of those. Uh, uh, well, I don't even know what you call it. One of those things in the profession. Sometimes those things happen. Yeah, well, uh, just uh, it's just one of those accepted risks that you have to take as a netminder. Uh, obviously, the goalie didn't mean to. He, he did knock me out. I was like, cool, um, but he didn't mean to. Um, and he, he said he meant fault. it. <laughs> oh, he, did he say that? Well, I must have been still out at that time, you know. So uh, he did. It was honestly, it was from like the blue line as well. I mean, that's that's on the goalie as well. If someone you know hits you in the mask from the blue line, I mean, you really should be able to get your hand in front of that. In my defence, it was like the second shot of the practice. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly warmed up, but um, and he has got a rocket. Um, so I woke up in the, in the in the arms of Colin Shields, and I can feel my, my, my both my lips were bleeding. So and Kiefer was like standing over me, and I was like, "Hurry my teeth, hurry my teeth," because my mask came off, my mask blew off, and I went to pull them. They're like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't pull your teeth in case they come out," you know. So I was like, "Oh, so," but you know what? There was there was only me and uh, 
must have been through there on the ice that day, so I ended up like practicing the rest of it anyway. And then I took a few days off after it. But yeah, that's just one of those things you get hit. And as I said, if you're someone shooting from the blue line, like you know, you really should be able to put your glove on it. And that day I didn't. It's just one of those things happens. It's worse when you get hit in the knee or or you know the privates, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, you know your you know yourself says you've got a you've got a cannon, don't you? I used to admit not anymore. How crazy! Yeah. How crazy do you need to be to be a goalie? I honestly think that the guys out blocking shots, um, you know, on the on the PK are worse, way worse, and they're the ones who get pucks tipped, pucks tipped into their face. I've taken out a few guys' teeth before, but completely back. I took Colin Shields out because um, someone shot a puck and he was driving the net. In practice, I I deflected it, you know, like you just you just do it, but I'm straight in his face and so he, he had to get some 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 dental work done and that's you know kind of my fault um, so he, he was you know he's just as unprotected well he's he's more unprotected to me and he's he's in like more vulnerable positions I feel as long as you're looking at the puck you know nothing too bad's going to happen I hope touch wood we've got a question here from Beth Nelson on Twitter saying do you think the homegrown talent has the capability to take the Giants to the next level um Honest answer, not right now. Um, but over since the Belfast Giants have, I, let me actually clarify, clarify, they definitely have the 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 capacity and the ability to to contribute to our team. Um, you've seen guys like um, Adam Robson, Stevie Eccles, and uh, Ross Hancock um, coming in and, and helping out. And in Garth Roberts over the years, even Garth got like a, a couple of exhibition games last year. And these guys who can come in. But as far as taking them to the next level, not just yet, but, and that includes me, by the way, um, but we have a great junior system. Our under-14s team have lost one game all year. Um, the under-12s behind them are coming through. The goalies are coming. I coach the goalies with uh, Rob Stewart, and the goalies are coming along, leaps and bounds. Uh, and that under fourteen team has a lot of talent in there. And we're starting to see guys from Belfast playing in other leagues. Um, we've got obviously we had Chris Boyd uh, playing in Canada last year Steve Eggs played in Canada uh, we've got Daniel McCall out in Canada um, we've got Jamie Scott playing in the league below um, while he was at university he's playing for the Steel Dogs who are doing quite well uh, and I've played in that league it's not an easy league and it's probably only harder now that it and the ETL have merged together so we've got these guys uh, you know at least starting to play at better levels obviously since the days of the Castlereagh Knights when we used to have a competitive team playing in leagues and then it fell away. Whenever I first started playing hockey, there was no games. I had to play roller hockey because I couldn't get any games. And now we've got the whole junior giant system playing home games, which is important because it's nice for your family to come and watch you. And they're playing away. And not only are they starting to play, but they're actually starting to compete. And as I said, the under-14s in particular, they're, they're playing fantastic. And they've only, I think they've only lost one game this year against Dundee, and it was a tight mm-hmm. one. So, I mean, under-14s, before you can start getting those guys in the lineup properly, you're looking at two or three years, really, and they've got a lot of growing to do. Um, but, yeah, that that sort of age group is the the age group that you'd be looking to keep developing now, and then in a couple of years' time, they're going to step in. Deco, you, I mean, you're around now, I think this is your ninth season. Um, did you think that you'd make it this far? Did you think that you were, you know, you when you came in, again, I think it was 09 that you came in, um, did you think it was just going to be that year? Um, or, or what about your longevity? That year, I thought it was going to be a week, if I'm honest, because I came in for training camp because Stephen Murphy at the time had an injury, um, which unfortunately sounds familiar, and he <laughs> had he had knee surgery. 
So it was Crazer. I knew Nathan Craze, and he, he was like, well, why don't you come up and practice? So I came up and practice, and Thorpe was the coach. So I it was up for that week, and we played Newcastle in the Ice Bowl, and then we played the like the, the Irish League All-Stars in Dundalk, and they threw me on for like 10 minutes at the end of that game, and honestly, whenever I, I remember whenever I got home, um, I, I parked at the Ice Bowl because we all went down together. I just remember like sitting in the car for like half an hour and being like, "Well, you know, if you never you never do it again, at least you've you've achieved your dream. You know, you you got to get in the net for the Belfast Giants." And then, uh, yeah, I've done that year. Went got to play for Edinburgh, and then I basically uh, lied to the Invicta Dynamos in England <laughs> and told them I was the the Giants' backups and trying to get them to sign me. And, and Crazer helped me out, and I went and played there, and I developed a lot in that year. And uh, and then Crazer went to Edinburgh and, and Big Dog and Nerf. Uh, already had known me, so they uh, so they they took a chance on me and Keller as well. They took a chance on me and they developed me that year. And even by the end of that year, with the Giants, I, I sort of had a I played half a game against Nottingham and, and got an overtime win, and that was that was a big thing for me. And ever since then, I've, I've you know, I've, every summer it's the same. You 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 want to try and come back, and you hope you're going to come back. And thankfully, I've, I've been able to do that. And I think it speaks more for the the teams I've played on. I've played on some fantastic teams. Obviously, I won two elite leagues. Um, on fantastic team, whenever you're a good team and you're you're beating other teams by like six or, or five, which we were back in the day, then I was getting some game time, and and that gives guys a little bit of trust in you because you know you know you can throw you on, and it used to be back in the day you couldn't do that with every backup in the league, unfortunately. Deco, you you talk about uh, you know your first appearance for the club and sitting in the car afterwards, sort of of living the dream, and you know if I ever ever die tonight, I've got the the what I wanted to do, but you know, I'm just sitting here looking at your stats I've got in front of me here. Thirty-five times you've done it for the club now, and hundreds probably more uh, as a backup with without uh, without hitting the ice. Have you got a, a moment that stands out to you? A game that stands out to you? Maybe it was your debut, maybe a, a, a big win that you pulled out for the boys, or a championship, something that really stands out in your time. Yeah, the first the first win from the start, um, which was against Brayhead, um, that was a mm-hmm. big one. Um, and then probably even better for me was um, there was a game we played Cardiff and uh, Murph got hurt. There's a reoccurring theme here, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I ended up in the in the net like 30 seconds into a game, and we, we won that game. And Cardiff were, were were getting there, and they were quite decent. Then. And that's that was me being able to sort of do my job, you know, like. All those other ones, we'd already won leagues, and you know you were in there because the Giants can afford to lose. Whereas that game, we were Kevin Westgarth's home debut, and we were we were you know right in there with a the title mix, and I was able to come in and, and get a win. And that that one was pretty. I still have the puck for that one. I like that one. So do. And and you obviously, one of the games that you were backing up against the Cardiff Devils again. There's a bit of a, a how do you do at the end and. No hesitation, Balamoni's own jumps on and goes straight after Ben Bounds. How did that come about? Someone shouted, get him, Dicko. I swear in my life, I must have been Matt Nickerson. And I, I was, and he, and, you know, those guys are like, you know, they all, they all wind me up and they all get me going. And I'm like, I'm like kind of a wee bit of a comedy character for them. Someone shouted, get him, Dicko. I swear, I didn't just do it on my own accord. I was like, right, well, buckle your seatbelts, here we go. But oh, it's like, oh. All I did was wear a catcher for like thirty seconds, <laughs> and there's nothing, I have no no bad blood between me and Ben Bounds. Nothing like that at all. It was just I don't know. I was just all fired up, and it was a game where I'm pretty sure that they beat us and pretty much put us out of league contention as well. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
you've done that as well. You've done that as well, says by the way. Uh, maybe once or twice again, again, a long time ago. <laughs> the, um, you know, go, going from here to the end of the season, you know, you've got a, um, you know, a run in where you've already mentioned, you know, more likely we're, we're out of the league contention, but a, a cup final on on, uh, on mm-hmm. Sunday, and then obviously another yeah. trophy to play for at the end of the season. What's your yeah. thoughts uh, moving in towards the last fourteen games of the season? Yeah, and we're trying to win the conference as well. We're, we want to take that yeah. one. Right. Yeah, we want to take that. We want to take that one as well. Um, we won't celebrate quite as much as maybe Fife did because our ambitions to win the league. <laughs> but we, if it, if it's there, we're we're going to try and take it. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, the cup final on Sunday right now is at the front of everyone's minds. Obviously, we play Mount Keynes on a Saturday. We have to go and do that. Be a, have a good professional job. Um, but yeah, if we could win that cup, I think it would mean so much to the guys in this team. I know it would because I was out for dinner with a few of the boys, a couple of the older boys actually, and they were just saying how bad they want to win it. And and you know, it's if you win that cup, it, it, you know your season is a success in my eyes because there's only really three trophies up for grabs. Cardiff are going to take the league. It looks like, bar you know, unless they have a, a major slip up. So, if we take that one, who knows what we do in the playoffs? I mean, we could come out. You know, all those years when Nottingham won two cups every year, and and everyone thinks they're you know the best team in the league. Uh, and I think you know, if you're the last team standing at the end of the playoffs, you sort of have the final word in the season as well. Um, not looking that far ahead. Everything's geared towards Sunday right now. Um, and yet, although we're everyone's pumped to be in this game and we want to win it so bad, but we're not uh, we're not treating it any different from any other road game because I think that would be a mistake. Um, I think we just go there with the mentality we're playing Cardiff and Cardiff, same as we would do any other time. And we've had success there this year because of overtime wins. We'll just take it as a normal game and we'll see where we're at at the end of the game. Going back to Twitter for a couple of questions, Dicko. We've got one here from Mal Cohers. Says uh, he's, well, you spoke. You spoke about your inline career. He's asking uh, what your highlight has been. Is it being sick in your glove? Was it the bench brawl that you started, or was it running the goalie? Well, you know what, Mal would know because Mal was my backup. That you know, as a rookie goalie in the Northern Ireland inline league, I led every statistical stat in that league. Did not lose a game and took the league. So Mal, I don't know why he's not putting any of those up there. Um, was also in four tournaments that year. Was goalie of the tournament every single one. It was the first year I was playing hockey, by the way. So yeah, Mal can pipe down. Um, no, I know <laughs> Mal. He's a good lad. Um, I was sick in a glove. That's where Dicko the Sicko comes from. Um, long story short, uh, we were playing a tournament in Kilkenny, and uh, we had, I was what age was I? Eighteen. I must have been eighteen if I was drinking. Um, so uh, yeah, just say that anyway. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. Couple, couple of too many drinks the night before. We we're playing a team the next day. Um, I think it was playing quite well. And anyway, they, they they allowed a goal, which was definitely not a goal. And I was like kind of shouting, probably at the ref. And then next thing you know, I was sick. But your natural reaction is a goal is to catch something that falls in front of me. So I caught it. And then luckily I made it to the bench where you know I pinned everyone else and I was I was sick again. Um, I think I had to change that glove out with a guy Brian Morrow for the Cyclones, he gave me another glove and finished the game, so I soldiered on. Deco, the, uh, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to get down to watch a bit of practice every once in a while, and um, looking, you know, watching the, the uh, when the guys play for bagels at the end of the practice, um, you're doing your shootout, and, um, you know, you're very, yeah, uh, yeah. I made it in that net, um, when, you know, somebody scores against you, 
um, who can not stand scoring against you in a shootout? Who can I not stand? Oh, well, there's only one target there, and, and it's been a, a seven or eight year battle between us now. Adam Keith, high gloves. <laughs> he comes down. He comes down his left wing. Pump fake. He's either going low blocker just above the pad, and he gets it on all the new goalies. But I, I tell them, and so do we, because you just cannot let him score. I had to tell Trusey right off the top. If he, and if, if that's not there, then he tries to go high gloves. And if he scores, he lets you know. You, you, you think he won the Stanley Cup? He's like sitting and hollering <laughs> up and down. But oh yeah, you can't let Adam keep score. Oh, or you'll never hear the end of it. But yeah, that's that's the one guy. And even as a coach now, that's even worse. You, you, you want you want him to buy bagels. Like obviously, loser buys bagels or or whatever it is. Or or if it's spray tan boy, like the one time it was, I lost. Then you know. But yeah, keeper definitely keeper. But we've had some we've had some guys here. I just can't. You know, Chris Higgins, Sylvester, unbelievable hands, and those guys. You know, you just no point getting angry because they'll do that to nearly any goalie. I mean, the many sticks have you broke this year? I don't know. Four or five, something got there. Don't tell Taff, though. <laughs> I've said nothing, mate. I've said nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Deco, you, you, you talk about some players there that you've played with this season and, and previous seasons, like Alexa Higgy and that, but I have a question here from Matthew Patton saying, you know, in, the, in your time at the Belfast Giants, if you could bring back one player, have him in his prime, back as a Belfast Giant, who would you bring back? One player in his prime. Uh, maybe, I think I'll say Swezer, you know. I think Swezer is a game changer. He uh, obviously we had a lot of success when he was on the, when he was on the team. Uh, he was just, you know, he just, whenever he decided that he, we were going to win a game and he turned it on, there was, there was no stopping him. He was, he was like bigger, faster, great shots, smart hockey guy since. Uh, and yeah, I think I think I would bring him back. Yeah, is that is that a, a source of frustration? I, I would agree with you. Our Swizer was fantastic. It was around 2010 when he first came in. Absolutely, like say, like that playoff championship we won. As yeah. you say, when he decided we were going to win, we won. But it was the yeah. frustration when of he like decided the, the, when he decided because yeah. we went back to another playoff final when he decided he wasn't quite up for it and we and we lost. Swizer had yeah. that insane ability. But just mm-hmm. didn't. If, if Swizer played and, like that every night, he wouldn't have been playing the elite league anyway. And six months, and six months, that, yeah. and six months later, Davy, I saw him play in Germany against Ice Bar in Berlin, and he was the best player on the ice. It's when he decides. Yeah, I know that, and that's that's you know that's the you know the problem with not not just Swizer. I'm not saying there's a problem with Swizer. I just mean with some hockey players in general. You'll get guys who, whenever they want to turn it on, you get it with goalies a lot, actually. You see it when a goalie will steal a game for you if they decide that they want to go and, and win you a game, that it'll happen. But if they could do that every night, they'd be in the NHL making millions. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I have no answer for why some guys are like that and some guys aren't. Um, I just I just think it, it must be a personality thing or maybe it, it's too hard to keep it up at that level for, for a consistent period. I don't really know. Obviously, if he was... At his, at his best, I agree with you. I think he would have never left the American League. I think he would have got a shot at the at the show. Dego, listen, thanks very much for your time. We're going to wrap things up. But one thing I want to do, we want you to pin your colours to the mast here because earlier on we spoke about uh, the uh, player of the month for February and our four nominees were, were Ferland, Rain, Saviano and Galagos. Who are you voting for? Yeah. Rainer. Rainer, why? I think he is, yep. Yeah. 
I, I think he's stepped it up. Uh, I think he's our best D-man right now. Obviously, we lost uh, Jimbo, which is a huge loss to us. Um, but we haven't lost him completely because he still contributes off the ice with his hockey knowledge. And he, he helps Kiefer out and he works the power play. But uh, I think that Rainer has you know, really stepped up his game and become a top defenseman for us. Um, he's skating so well. He's hitting guys. In Cardiff, Although I thought actually I thought Gully was the best was our best player in Cardiff. I, I thought Rainer was you know just as steady as he's been for probably for more than the last month. I don't know, probably for the last six six or seven weeks. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, with Big Rainer. That's another one for Kevin Rain. Mate, listen, thank you very much for your time. Thanks to everybody who sent in the questions on Twitter and keep sending them in through the week. Hashtag TFA. Cheers, Dago. Yeah, no worries. Have a good night, boys. Thanks. Thanks again to Dago. Um, any other business, Shelman? I think it'd be, uh, we'll have to give a mention to Laura again, you know, oh, uh, about Baldy Locks. Um, you know, she's, uh, she's done a fantastic thing there on Saturday. I went down to the hairdressers to, to see her getting her head shaved. And, um, it was, oh my God, it must have been about, I think there was probably 30 people there to, to basically watch it getting it shaved off. And, and, you know, for me, I, I well, I haven't got much hair to shave off, and obviously you've got even less, Patty. But um, <laughs> you know, for for that, for for her to give up that, um, you know, obviously for such a great cause, and and the money she's raised, she's over eleven thousand pound now, um, and uh, you know, on her own, it, it's just fantastic. Yes, she's had you know friends and family supporting her, but ultimately it's her sacrifice to to lose the hair, and um, and it's going to go to um, uh, some lucky uh, person who's going to. Come out with uh, her brown locks off the her wig as well. I think, I think she says it takes five people, five people's hair to make one wig. So you know, obviously, there's a lot of people out there who who do the same thing. And it was another young girl at the on Saturday. I can't remember her name. Um, that uh, you know donated her hair as well. So um, great to see. Just fantastic. And obviously, you know, she's a giant, which is well, she's probably a bigger giant than than. I've ever known, but uh, fair play to her and, and fantastic effort. Yeah, I think it's absolutely superb and inspirational to everybody. Davey? Paddy says, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to come in on the back of um, what says has said there, and, and you can choose whether you want to keep this in or not, Paddy, but I'm going to be slightly self-indulgent and use this platform of AVF TV to get on my soapbox. Um, you might have the Jack Killian music handy there, the night, what was he, Nightcaller? Um <laughs> A very good friend of mine passed away last night very, very suddenly. And, um, as the, as the news has broken our little WhatsApp groups and stuff, he was the, he was the secretary of the football club here in, in Long Ashton. And as the, you know, when people die and, and people say things about them, generally they say nice things, but this is a guy that you couldn't, there was, he was flawless as a guy. Um, his temperament, the way he dealt with people, his friendships, Tills was one in a million. And it got me to thinking about, you know, mortality and stuff and, and what, what people would say about other people when they die and the opportunity that we have in our platform to say things to people. So I'm just going to take it and do something nice for somebody today. Give somebody a ring. Look in on an elderly neighbor. Be more like Laura Small. You know, be selfless for a change because if we all do one thing for somebody in memory of somebody else, the place will be a better place, you know. So, you know, I'm going to miss Tills. He's been absolutely fantastic to me since I moved to England. He's been a really good friend. I was talking to him on Saturday at football. He was on top of the world. He's booked to go skiing and he has a massive heart attack at just 50 years of age and, and he's gone and taken from us. And 
you know, if more people could be like Tills, if more people could be like Laura Small, the world would be a better place. No, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about that, but that's a fantastic gesture, fantastic to say, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and I think that's a, at that point we'll wrap up the show. Uh, thanks to Adam Keith. Andrew Dixon and Gareth Hughes for joining us. Big games this weekend. Milton Keynes at home, 7pm uh, in the league. But it's that game on Sunday, 6pm at Ice Arena Wales, or you can catch it on Ice Time TV. I know a lot of people are heading over. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be the one be able to get down there, but I know you two gents are. Oh, I'm, um, uh, oh. I'm looking forward to it. Well, <laughs> let me tell you something, lads, from all this weather that's due in, you know, I was looking ahead to see what the the uh, obviously you know we're we're due to fly into Luton. Um, myself, Laura, and Kira are due to fly into Luton, um, and then drive down. But I'll tell you what, you know, this weather that's expected, it'll, I'll have to wait and see if uh, I'd be fine. It does kick in. But you know, but you know, UK is like Paddy shuts down with an inch of snow for God's sake, or a centimeter of snow. Here, so, well, this, uh, this maybe, maybe isn't this maybe isn't for the show says. And sorry to cut across you. Is there any? I, like the weather here is to be like I'm in Bristol, so I'm quite close to Cardiff. It's to be minus six and snow for the next three days. So coming into Sunday, they're expecting a wet day on Sunday. But that's you know, if there's six inches of snow, or is there any danger at all that this game is going to have to be? Uh, if the team, if the team, you know, again, you think about the the cost that would be, you know, amalgamated cost of everybody. Uh, I mean, it's cost me. I think it's about two hundred and forty quid, actually more, because um, we've got to hire the car. So you're you're probably in the region nearly three hundred pound, and that's without spending the penny when I'm there. So you know we'll, we'll certainly not. not get that back unless the flight's cancelled. Um, we'll like, get the car. Well, I can tell I can tell you what up here up here in Manchester. I woke up this morning to about a centimeter of snow outside, but as the day went on, it vanished. But it's snowing now, and it's landing as well. So who knows what's going to be over the next few days? But like I say, if the team don't get over, there's no game. Well, again, we'll just have to see how it happens. But yeah. you know, we're there the weather warnings that we're getting in Belfast uh, all day today, and you know, it's due to start snowing here just after midnight. Um, we we get weather warnings through um, the Met Office for Phonocab as well, and um, just to throw that wee sponsor thing in there. But uh, <laughs> sponsoring you know, the Player of the Month Award for February, get your votes in. Forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the uh, you know from what the weather one is we're getting coming through um, they're, they're, you know we're going to be struggling drivers ways because you know you can understand that they want to come out and, and potentially wreck their car off a, a bit of ice so look again hopefully everything's blown out of proportion as it normally is here and and the uh, the maintenance people on the roads can keep their roads open but we'll just have to wait and see well let's hope that game goes ahead like I say 6pm on Sunday it's the big one catch it if you're not over there Ice Time TV will be showing, throwing out all the details I think they're throwing the details out on Wednesday uh, Davey says thanks very much for your time come on Belfast is all I can say for Sunday and wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on the view from the bridge Podcast Network.